from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Curtain is up. That's right. It's Grim After Dark. It's Val Heffelfinger. I am hosting and I am producing, and I'm wearing the best looking sweater on YouTube this evening. I hope everyone's having a wonderful time. I hope our tummies aren't too too stressed out and full after Thanksgiving in America. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, or as I like to say, the celebration of the conquest. So uh, let's uh, quickly uh, just do a couple things in the intro. Usually John has something written. Now he is uh, unfortunately sick uh, uh, this week. Uh, so John's away. And Danny and Val will play. Get your fantasy reference counters out because tonight's episode has been hijacked and I will personally make it my mission to have you all begging for the end times by the time I am through. Few people are more irritable than me. I am Val Heffelfinger. And although I'm not John, it's still going to get pretty grim after dark. Now, before we bring out our co-host for my personal YouTube fantasy, I would like to take a moment to spill the beans that this Friday... That's right, this Friday, not next Friday. Tickets go live for the Frontline Gaming Rocky Mountain Open. That's right, it's the inaugural Frontline Gaming Rocky Mountain Open. It is the first ever cold certified tabletop gaming spectacular. The event will be held just outside of Denver at the Adams County Fairgrounds, making it the second Frontline Gaming event to be held at a fairgrounds. Surrounded by beautiful Colorado scenery, most notably mountains. All are invited to join and spend a weekend rolling dice with awesome people. So long as you pony up for a ticket, no one rides for free. There will be championship-level tournaments for 40K, Age of Sigmar, and Star Wars Legion. We're still looking for a Warhammer Fantasy 8th Edition TO, though. Now, Bill Pang is done with. I will now introduce my first co-host today, our classic high hairline Harry himself. It's probably Danny McDevitt. Once I can find the button to introduce the co-host. Boom. Okay, we're going away, and maybe this is music? No, I'm too late with the music. Hey, Danny, what's going on? Hey, Val. How are you doing tonight? You know, I am spectacular. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling great. It looks like your audio's even on. Uh, you know, uh, shocking indeed. Um yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know what, what's uh, what's what's happening? Something something special? Anything different tonight? How, how do you like my sweater? You know, um, uh, while the cat's away, the mice will play. Like you said a little earlier, I can tell that mm -hmm. you are uh, ready and willing to go back in time after looking at that sweater. Um, we are mm -hmm. uh, we're ready to talk about some more Hammer Fantasy today. I guess is, that, is that what we're doing? Is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> are we talking about forty k at all? I mean, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, if we were going to, to derail a 40K-themed show yeah. and instead talk about Warhammer Fantasy, we should probably get perhaps the best, most outspoken, mm -hmm. uh, just verbose and over-the-top Warhammer 40K analyst out here just to give us a little bit of uh, gravitas and, dare I say, credibility. That's right, everybody. It's... Adam Camilleri coming along, coming right down the pipe. Adam Camilleri, who is this masked man? How are you, buddy? Very good, boys. How you doing? Do you heard about this guy? I don't know if you hear about him. His name's Grimgore Ironhide. He's right there. It's a bit of a mad dog. I don't know. Just been perusing a bit of the ancient texts, as I like to call them. Is he new? I think he must be new. 
Okay. It's a new it, character. It's fantastic. I, I envision him punching someone in the face to end a global campaign in a very unauspicious manner that was built up over many, many years. <laughs> as as I like to say, uh, if I've never heard it, it's news to me, folks. That's wonderful. Now, Adam Camilleri, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of the state of the uh, Warhammer Fantasy 8th edition podcasting meta right now, but it has to include Australians. In fact, they are yep. basically all our Australian shows. So that is really the real reason you're here tonight. Uh, I am the demographic. I'm using me to try and get leverage on the, the target audience. I see. I see how it yes. works. You're the honeypot, Adam. It's not my That's love right. and ever evanescent passion for this great game. Now, I have a, I have a, I have a quick uh, you know, Australian-related question here. Is the reason why Australians still play so much Warhammer Fantasy that they can't afford to replace any yes. of their armies? Just to preempt you, absolutely right, correct. We have uh, over a standard calendar year, or hell, uh, the the gross income of a lifetime in Australia, we can afford exactly one full-sized army of a uh, you know game system. And you know, some yes. people that was fantasy. Something me, I've decided to sell. I don't need. I've stopped smoking. I stopped drinking. You know, twelve years ago, I gave up all vices for the expect express purpose of selling as many organs as possible in order to play two game systems, which is just. It's just necessary over man. here. Yeah, that's, that's unheard that's of. You are the one percent in Australia, it appears. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so, in honor of our late great host uh, 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 Jonathan Connell, uh, I thought I would, I would, I would ask, uh, I would use questions that are prepared. I've got maybe four or five of them. But uh, my first question, I'm going to throw out to you guys: uh, Are we actually going to spend an hour talking about Warhammer Fantasy Eighth Edition tonight? I mean. How long's a piece of string? If the show goes two hours, I can give you, you know, we can go two hours, right? Yeah. I mean, we can keep going and going and going. Um, you're looking at uh, the literal uh, Southern Hemisphere Energizer Bunny over here, the fastest mouth <laughs> in the West. Um, and me. So yep. that probably evens out to be about an hour of good content. <laughs> I think so. As a um, man, oof. When they told me I was going to be on this show, they heard some wild noises as I ran through my garage and found props, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not watching, if you're not watching this live visually, you are missing out on so much memery, chicanery, absolute tomfoolery, even from uh, yours truly. I got all all sorts of crap down here. Stay tuned. You guys, all I heard was like it sounded like a lot of zipper noises. Uh, it was really <laughs> uncomfortable for Val and I um, sitting here without any kind of visual. Like he just left, and then we hear—I don't know—it was very odd. Um, I mean, so. fantasy fantasy is in the name of the game, so you know we're not going to shame any kinks here, guys. You know, uh, there, there's a reason right. why we're nipples up at the, on the FLGN. You know, we we don't even want to go. We don't want to risk belly button. We want to be tits up at all times yep um now i mean i'm even going to uh i'm going to bring in maybe even some slideshows that were hastily thrown together uh, uh the the uh, uh and maybe this is something that uh you know the audience might be uh thinking right now um this is of course just a uh <laughs> an image that says why uh in front of uh warmer fantasy battles um danny as you are our esteemed uh, co-host of the show why don't we throw this out to you why warhammer fantasy like why play warhammer fantasy oh, i'll tell you there's so many reasons this is have an open been... question man it's a talk yeah. show just let, let's have just you, why have you ever played a game and been so concerned with a 90 degree angle um that you have 
literally bought a tool just to measure 90 degree angles from your unit when you can just fold a piece of paper but no you went and bought a widget um if you've done something like that this is absolutely the game for you um never have you been so anal as to correct your opponent's wheel multiple multiple times if you've ever if you've ever done that this is the game for you so uh, uh basically what i'm saying is that if you have a borderline personality disorder um this is the game for you <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, now, I, I just want to point everyone listening, uh, I want to point out to everyone listening that Adam just raised a box there that uh, is not actually the fortified manor, but uh, I, I missed that when it was sold without the fortified parts of the manor, mm -hmm. uh, what house were we looking at there? Perhaps you could raise it up for the audience once, once more. It's upside down. There you go. This is the chapel. Lovely little chapel. Oh. Lovely little chapel. That's right. Capella, in whatever language that is. Capella. Hey. <laughs> Beautiful. I have rumbled with a fair few Death Stars in this very dwelling. Yeah. Or, or many like it upon, you know, you know battlefields. <laughs> it's the Warrior Priest VRBO. Um, you love to see it. Um, <laughs> when they right. want to get away from the fortified manor, they had to uh, the small, the small chapel. And yet, okay. I will point out to you that the instructions uh, are for the entire fortified manor. Fortified manor. Wow. That's right. That's right. That's right. They, That's right. Yeah. yeah. And the chapel consists That's... of merely maybe a third of said structure. My goodness. Much, what a much like a high-end abattoir, GW does not let any <laughs> morsel go to waste. There is no fat left on the bone. All parts of the plastic animal are carved up and served in different dishes for your taste. And that's uh, and that's wow. fantastic. That's why we that's why we love it. Um, now, boys, uh, uh, you know, a quick follow-up question here. Uh, now, how badly do you want to play fantasy like right now? Uh, on a scale of uh, of one to seven, I am a uh, I am a four and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Out of eight would be better. I think more typical. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you got what you got. Okay. So. Okay. 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 Now, I can't imagine now, this scale. I mean, going longer than seven to be honest with you why would you bother <laughs> i mean what exactly. exists past seven that's worth that's worth knowing it's, right? it's, it's a bit presumptuous why why go beyond seven i i don't even know it uh, seems like a the, waste. the the follow-up question would be like if you both have enthusiasm for this quote uh, for, for this game uh why did you stop playing did did something happen First of all, I'd like to talk about those subterial stalkers right there. Um, yeah. Well, oh, what they, what these these old things? Oh, don't worry about them. They're just been kicking around in my garage for literally almost. Are a those sealed at new in box? Brand new, still in the shrink wrap, boys. Oh my gosh! Ooh. I could almost buy a car. <laughs> You're pretty much actually. Which is with, with just these, which is these bad boys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure people who have a car in Australia actually say I could buy a Tomb Kings army. Yes, that's right. We don't have so in Australia. <laughs> you, you may have heard things. I don't know what happens in the states or Canada, but like superannuation, like retirement funds. I decided yes. to skew all that and just putting instead of like gold bullion or diamonds, straight into Tomb King new inbox kits. Polystyrene uh, <laughs> portfolio pays off once again. <laughs> The, the hierarchy of of uh you know uh sand-based 
investment strategies. I think you got your you got your NFTs, your crypto, <laughs> and you got your new inbox out of print warmer fantasy. <laughs> what could go wrong? I know, that is that is a that is a that is a lock. Uh, that is a sound market. Basically, uh, it's full deep deep pockets Stop. right here, guys. Uh, so yeah. Um, if- <laughs> Yeah. You better hope you don't cause some kind of a car accident and you're at fault because they'll be coming straight for your assets. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, they are uh, not. Yeah, they're they're not sheltered under any limited liability clauses. Uh, out of print warmer fantasy battles kits in Australia, fully liable for those. You know. Yeah, you should have sent those to the Bahamas. <laughs> I know. I was considering like. It really should, really should have. I mean, I'm gonna have some like capital gains tax and like all sorts of issues to jump through when I try and like pay out, you know. <laughs> um, excellent you work, fellas. Glass of water. Yeah, well, I don't know why John's never done it. I'm trying to find. I gotta find it. There we go. Oh jeez. Mm, I'm drink. I'm drinking that fantasy Kool Aid, boys. That's uh. what I'm doing. Okay, look. Let's there stop. Yeah. That was a joke, there, sweet. Yeah, there we go. Let's uh, let's not uh, <laughs> let's not beat around any bushes here. Uh, I just want to ask you guys. That's difficult terrain value. You're gonna have to pay double moves <laughs> right. to get I'll move. Yeah. And I better pray to God I'm not riding my chariot that day, folks. Yeah, Little dude, inside baseball humor, guys. Yeah. That's uh, that's D six wounds on a failed test. Have you don't want to be you... caught in a wood in a chariot, boys. Or do or any lady. of you? Um, what's the What's the guy from Planet of the Apes? Charlton Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. Any when when the end of fantasy actually died, and you saw the rules of what Age of Sigma first edition was was going to be, did you fall to your knees as in the end of you know the original Planet of the Apes? Oh. You know, you maniacs blew it up. Yeah, anybody else do it? I feel I was just picturing like a tidal wave of that across the globe occurring when we found out we would have to be braying like goats in order to get our buffs um it was it yeah. was insulting I, i'm not gonna lie <laughs> the very last fancy tournament that i went to that like i went to quake city rumble uh which was like a hundred person tournament in uh at, like the very end of eighth and uh it was like an irish wake a lot of drinking um, a lot of people very oh, sad. No. They knew that it was. They knew the Sigmarization was coming, and it was. Uh, it was not, not going to be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've I've been uh, of course on a bit of a warmer fantasy kick for the past year plus, uh, and as a result, I have drunk the ocean of remaining content dry uh, that's out there. I'm talking about crusty podcast dating from 2012. Wow. Uh, till to, to, you know the 2015 era, and then just suddenly they stop. I'm not really sure uh, what happened there. But the <laughs> perhaps the most heartbreaking part of listening to old Warhammer Fantasy podcasts is the hopeful and whimsical tones that people have in looking forward to what would be ninth edition, um, and uh, knowing the end uh, was indeed nigh, and that all of their dreams would be shattered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I. I only played, so I played a lot of fancy 8th edition, um, but I only started into the competitive scene in the last like 12 months of it. Oh, wow. Uh, I was oh, at my, lo- my man, local, man. my local, I know, I know, my local FLGS walked up to me after I'd won like my 21st game in a row, you know, pickup game. And it was just like, I think it's time you moved on, mate. You, there's some, there's some ponds out there that you need to also go be enjoyed. And, uh, the I like last... that, by the way, 8th edition fantasy skill flex that you just made. Uh, Dude, was I, I, was, 
if I am any good at Warhammer 40k, I was hopefully as good, if not better, at fantasy. And that's hopefully not a flex. It's just saying I, I put a lot of freaking time and effort into that game. I loved it so much. Yep. And um, the last major, so it was about, eight, I think it was at 80, 80, 90 players. Um, the last event of Warhammer Fantasy was the first event I ever won um, oh, in Australia. Man. And, and before that, I had about a six-month period of being a perpetual uh, podium getter, not a first-place getter. And the very first place I got was the last major. And so I've spent all this time being like, what if I just started a year earlier? What if? What if fantasy didn't die? Where could I go? Um, so, yeah. What might have un- been? Unfinished business is where I'm at right now. Exactly. Okay, well, let's... Let's let's maybe get into a little bit more of a uh, a met- Adam's show oh, and tell right now is out of control. What do we have? I'm just gonna go zoom in here. Uh, looks like we're at the the uh, the centerfold of all Warhammer Army books. Usually has a quite a delicious uh, spread, if you will, of miniatures. This being the ogres. The this is ogres. always my favorite. This is always my favorite page in every book. This was the mm-hmm. one that just got you chubbed. Your hobby chub was just at full attention. Just like mm, I need me some of this. And uh, uh, this was one of the main reasons I always wanted to have one of every unit, even if they were trash, tier, horrible, like Yetis used to be. I still had like oh, yeah. six Yetis because oh. I had to make this picture. Um, it was the rules, man. Uh, fantasy, by the way, way very collectible in comparison to 40K because uh, there's like 10 units in Army. It's beautiful. It's wonderful, uh, except for a handful of them. Uh, so uh, let, let's maybe just do in, in honor of Carl Tuttle and my uh, my desire to uh, in the near future uh, create the independent characters of of, uh, of of warmer fantasy battles. I think we'll just call it characters, okay? Because uh, that's what it would be in fantasy. <laughs> well, let's, another fantasy joke there for all the kids at home. Hope you liked it. I'm pretty sure Lords uh, and Heroes is taken though, so don't don't Lords don't, and don't Heroes. Yeah, I don't know. I it's do want to. Right I do want to. I guess. I want to draw our attention to the most aptly yes. and well-named character in all uh-huh. of every every game ever. The old uh-huh. golf golf fag man-eater. The biggest, uh-huh. the bestest, everyone's fan. Just the best. Just Better than- no tongue, nothing tongue in cheek, no no illusions or any any attributes at all. They were just like, just just slap golf fag man-eater right on that page. Yeah. They don't have to do anything, man. He's got those petrified shark jaws. Dude, he's a man-eater. That's right. He's a man-eater. Yeah. Uh, Yes, uh, a true dog of war, that Golfag. Love him. Uh, A dog of war, I should say. Oh, God. Uh, Now, guys, guys, uh, now people have probably been aware of my my fantasy journey, again, taking place approximately over the last year and a half. Uh, And... uh, and you know they they know where I'm I, I've come from where I'm going I'm going into the great beyond I'm taking this all the way you can't stop this train it's a gravy train with biscuit wheels uh, maybe maybe you guys could share maybe your 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 fantasy love story how did it how did it begin when did you first lay eyes on on the on the squared squares hmm. of of squares, a fantasy uh, uh, <laughs> well yeah they're like squares in a square you got movement trays. I mean, and let me tell you guys, Eventually, the, the pleasure yeah, of shoving a... a movement tray around after schlepping your whole tabletop life, moving around all these round bases, keeping coherency, blah, 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 blah. No, just move it all on one big tray. You don't even have to stand up to play fantasy. I, so, uh... Danny, <laughs> Danny, yeah, what, what, was, what was the first you, thing uh... that you laid eyes on? 
imagine if you played fantasy for the first time and didn't know what a movement tray was that was my first edition that was my first experience playing warhammer fantasy but my first edition my first experience like getting into it so i walk in the hobby shop under the glass counter because these twenty dollar tomes were worth so much more than the other books apparently at this shop um where all the warhammer fantasy army books like turned face up so you can see the artwork and the artwork on these like fifth edition warhammer fantasy books was so cool and i like knew i needed to get into it and so um my friend and i would buy the catalog the citadel catalog and we'd like go through and circle all the units that we wanted and we're like you know 12 years old or whatever at this point in time and so uh yeah so you know i I, that was my first introduction i couldn't get enough of it after that it was like my it was the first war game i ever played amazing uh the first so i i went into a games workshop when i was i don't don't know if i was 10 years old and i begged my mom to buy me like a thing off the shelf and we weren't a very i mean probably well known by now i wasn't a very i didn't grow up in a very well-off circumstances and so i had to really beg my mom she got she bought me a space marine sergeant who had like a one plastic arm it was pewter but had a plastic arm that's what i remember (laughs) stuck it stuck it together with araldite instantly ruined it and here we are um but I remember the first game I ever played was I walked into a games workshop and they had this big cliff um, with these two um, fleets. It was the um, the uh, Dark Elf Corsairs had just launched, um, and that whole range was coming out. They had the repeat, the new, the pl- brand new plastic repeater bolt thrower, um, dark shards, and all that stuff. And it was it was an invasion of um, the High Elf lands, and they had these little two little fleets, and they had this little battle going on in the middle. I can't remember what it was, but apparently it was a global campaign. And I think I was in my teens at this point. I'd, I'd stuffed around with my brothers, you know, mashing Terminators together with uh, our pocket money. And then I walked in. The first game I played was Fantasy, and it, like you know, first structured game that I actually played by the rules, and uh, it was freaking cool as hell uh, i i couldn't get enough of it i played a little um i i i wasn't the guy remember you go and you'd play in a games workshop and you'd be like with six other dudes and you'd get this unit and they'd get this unit and i was so salty at the guy who got the the dark elf lord on the dragon i was like you piece of crap <laughs> you joker you absolute nothing <clears throat> anyway he he like copped a bolt throw to the face and died and then i was sitting there with my dark the guy shards. or or the the, the, guy, the dragon the guy. i don't know if you work <laughs> i don't know how it works over there but over here <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah i had like dark shards and a unit of spearmen and that was my two little units and i survived the whole game and i was like this chump ass bolt thrower catching biatch <laughs> um <clears throat> but anyway so the first game I played, I believe, was uh, Fantasy, and I fell in love with it then. It was so for a lot of the same reasons. I found the artwork more evocative. I don't know why, but I feel like there's different slots inside people's souls, and my one fits better with a fantasy aesthetic than a sci-fi aesthetic. And for some reason, I've always just been drawn to that a little bit more um, than the sci-fi. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think what what sparked it was uh, was was definitely COVID and like falling like just ass over tits into warhammer uh total war uh warhammer 2 total war total war warhammer 2 whatever you know this war is in it twice that's all i know and it's a absolutely fantastic game if you guys haven't gotten into it uh also vermintide 2 which you can buy for like no dollars right now on steam adam is still uh continuing oh, are those two battalion boxes dear yes, lord one that's two but bata- that is that is college tuition in New York State, right there. <laughs> you, know, you know how other people, you know, other people have like a bed of money. I have a bed of Tomb King new inbox. I just jump and drive into it. Wow. and scratches me up deliciously. 
What comes in that box? Yeah. Well, Danny. Adam. <laughs> you get horsemen, which is just like the worst oh unit God. you could ever imagine. This, this unit right here, the worst unit in all of fantasy. What comes in that box <laughs> that you would use? Yeah. Um, the chariots are legit. Um, archers are always legit for actually everything apart from the horses you could use. Okay. Well, um, I mean, you can use light ho- the light, ho- light horsemen aren't like terrible. Come on, Danny. I mean, they're not Come terrible. I- I'm <laughs> doing my best here. <laughs> Compared to everyone else's, they don't have fast cav. They're not even fast cav. Yeah, the um, light ones are. No, they're not, are they? I don't think they the were. Ones I thought that bows? was like the biggest. Oh, you have to have them with the bows to get fast cap. Yeah. See? Yeah, this okay. is why you come here, guys. You get the real info from 10 years ago. Um, you get three <laughs> chariots, which are legit. Chariots were always good for chariots two kings. Yeah. The archers are probably the bee's knees. Like, you would build your army around archers and Kalita, because she'd make them broke, even and poison. Um, and you always needed bunkers. You always needed bunkers for your light councils or your hero fence. So regular-ass uh, tomb, tomb uh, warriors were pretty decent. So getting back to that whole <laughs> immersion in the fantasy world of Warhammer Fantasy specifically and how it just appealed to you. What about from like a gaming perspective? Like, do you guys, oh. if you were to compare, like, because 40K right now, from what I understand, a pretty good game. And I know when I left it, it was a pretty good game. It was, I, 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 I've had amazing games of, of Warhammer 40K, still, an, still an awesome game, obviously, uh, you know, if you're into that kind of thing. Um but uh if you were to if you were to compare sort of like your experiences uh of like 40k versus fantasy how might you you know sort of uh parse that what how would you say that the games differ because mechanically if you were to compare 40k sorry fantasy 8th edition i'd say it's, it's clearly a cousin of what became warhammer 6th edition and 7th edition two of the clunkiest worst rule sets um probably worst edited rule sets if we're being fair uh, uh in in 40k but like how do you feel that those two games sort of differ well because this game I mean, gets made fun of a lot but i think it gets mi- i think it does get missed that it's actually badass as hell i don't i i have been having so much fun with this game and and the way it plays and i feel like everyone thinks it's a bunch of it's dusty bullshit but that might be I'm dusty bullshit, sure. But let's not say that about Warmer Fantasy. You know, I got this sweater. You know, why am I having fun playing a game that's supposed to suck? That's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh legitimately, uh fantasy was the best rule set of any game I've ever oh, played. Man. Um and eighth so edition good. still had so many problems. Still had right. so many problems. Cannons, six dicing, broke our spells, stuff of that ilk was just <clears throat> But still, you get to this beautiful... And, and when I joined the competitive game, like I said, I only played... I played fantasy for about four years, but only competitively for about one. Um, when I got there, and I got to the top level of it in Australia, you got to this beautiful state of one percenters where the whole game would ride on one percenters because everyone had redirectors everyone had that super sorcerer everyone had a dispel scroll and cannons and all these things and going first going second deployment mattered so freaking much yep your first turn was so pivotal to setting up your game and then it was just down to one percenters oh did 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 you get irresistible force on that minor spell otherwise i was going to scroll it which would have changed this pivotal battle two turns down the track because i wouldn't have been able to pick up your fast cav with my you know ruby ring of ruin and my little my little bolt throwers and whatnot and then they were able to redirect the death star away and you got me in the flank the game's over all because i couldn't dispel scroll that thing last turn and it was just so ah so it, it was an orchestra 
Whereas I feel like a lot of the time with uh, 40k, it's just coin flippy, rock paper scissorsy. Um, yeah, like sometimes, like sometimes going first super matters in Warhammer Fantasy. Usually, I mean, I guess it depends on which army you had because some some armies wanted the last turn to try and rally their troops. Yeah, um, but like stuff like Undead didn't really care about that, so they wanted to go uh, second. Um, and like, uh, it's kind of more of a linear game because your units are kind of on tracks. So it's hard once you've committed once you've committed a unit to a particular place to kind of unless they have some really good movement shenanigans to like kind of reposition. So deployment, like Adam said, was incredibly important. So if you really like that, like you set everything up perfectly because you know what your opponent's army does, you can almost kind of tell in the first kind of few opening movements of the game how it was going to go. Um, which is kind of really rewarding for a really high skill cap game like fantasy ended up being but at the same time it scaled really well like oh, at, yeah. at, at lower levels of play it was just as much fun to just shove your boys forward and yeah. just mash it all in the middle it was just great it was a great time at every level like it was it was really really rewarding because and um i found uh, unlike 40k fantasy was really easy to gear down I find a lot yeah. of players um, where you'll play a top-level game of 40k, and then you'll try and go play a pickup game, and you'll just ruffle stomp little Timmy because you, it's it's much harder to gear down from top-level 40k. Whereas fantasy, man, I could just gear down into lols, potato and pretzels. Sorry, beer and pretzels. Well, I don't drink potato and pretzels. Uh, enjoyment uh, at the drop of a hat, drop of a dime. It was really, really quite something. Yeah, that's actually uh, something I've. I, I've been noticing well because obviously I'm reading tea leaves and trying to like piece. To, it's like almost like a like a, an anthropology class and learning how to play a war game at the same time because I'm just going through finding out what trying to find out what people thought was good five years seven years ago whatever it was. Um, it, so like, but even then, like just just showing up with what you think is good also has been a lot of fun. I gotta say. Well, and so I. Yeah. I joined, I essentially, I joined, I was playing Ogres, which I got a little bit memed on, but I joined and started playing just as, like, I got about two months of overpowered Ogres, and then High Elves came out, and my shit didn't matter anymore, um, which was really funny. But we had this cool period before the end times hit, where we had about nine months of everyone just trying to figure out how to not lose to High Elves, sure. and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful meta. We had Skaven lists coming out of nowhere, Vampire accounts figured out what their hotness is with, like, the Black the Black Knight bus and the the um, the Red Thirst <laughs> Vampire Lords and stuff, just charging that guy out by himself. No no support directly into the freaking um, the, uh, the Swordmasters, because he was the only thing that would hold him in combat, because right. he wouldn't die instantly, unless they had, like, Trickster Shard or whatever. So you could play the rest of the game. Just that those little plays was so freaking cool seeing people dig up all this awesome tech. Uh, and then the vampire lord would hold them, so you get to sling out your two uh, terror guys and scream the bastards to death. It was sure. been there. It was so nice. I I feel like I almost need to be translating everything that you're saying, and it makes me so happy that you haven't read anything about this for a very long time, and you are completely fluent in it's... in everything. Uh, if you were to, if you were to crack my chest, saying. if you if you were to weave my chest open, the inside of my rib cage is just tattooed with this crap. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're, play, you're playing ogres. Do not try and cannon off the gray seer first. Kill the doom wheel, Adam. Do not be. Or, yeah. or the hell, do not go for the hell pit abomination. You dumbass. Go for the doom wheel every right. time. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's not only is it going to roll into you, but then those d6 damage lightnings are going to be a Worst real pain in the dick. Dude. 
Worst thing that happens, worst thing that happens is that two buses of 100 Skaven slaves or 50 charge you in the front, and then one Doom Wheel just sidles along the side of your yep. bus and just freaking sits there. He's just like, ah, I'm just gonna sit here, bung bung bing 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 bing, and eventually you just break from freaking static combat res because of the 10 ranks on the Skaven buses. Right. It was. They're not gonna kill him fast enough. We're, really, we're really getting... depressing. In the in the comments right now, we're getting requests to do a test stream at the LVO featuring Warhammer Fantasy, and you know what? I this appeals to me only because well, first of all, I don't know if anyone's seen me in the lead up to a stream, but I'm in no condition to run a stream, let alone play fantasy. Um, the uh, the thing that would be my fa my favorite part of this would be uh, we would have to prevent Games Workshop from taking the main stage uh, at at LVO so that we could play our test game of Warhammer Fantasy. Wait. They could relegate their preview or whatever they're going to do to like some sort of sideshow room where it belongs oh, perfect. while the main stage is held by Warhammer Fantasy 8th edition. Sorry. I think I that's, that's were, poetic justice I, if I ever I, heard I, it before. I thought you were suggesting that like G-Dub execs would get on the phone and they'd get some heavies to come in and like break down our fantasy <laughs> stream being like get it out of here smash them Mars. yeah exactly yeah yeah i didn't get this rich from crashing checks like you know as heavies come and bust up our table put some round bases on our models and leave oh man <laughs> just break off the square bases like you know just kind of fold them and fold yeah. them in half yeah, off they all the nail files and just square in a oh. circle them yeah, yeah snap all your movement trays you won't be needing these <laughs> So we said we said the uh, you know we said the word of the day games workshop uh, you know I, I I love one of my favorite things is of course you know uh, talking about the company itself uh, there's been I, I saw a comment in chat here um, uh, that that said this. this is one of my favorite thought experiments around fantasy uh, so I'm going to throw up a meme here more people interested in Warhammer Fantasy than any other time ever stop selling Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy. And it's the this, toothy grinned guy, uh, brace face meme that millennials enjoy, and the kids probably think this person's old. Go ahead. It still burns me to my core that yeah. G Dub followed through with the end times and the deletion of the game with Total War on the horizon. So here's, surely, here's, surely here's one of my favorite wait things. Wait and see. You, you've, one of my it's favorite things. So it's, it's been unprofitable for years. Let's just wait another twelve of, months. As part of uh, Val Havelfinger's uh, uh, Warmer Fantasy Battles uh, podcast network, um, I think I'm going to go with Heffelhammer. It's an homage uh, to uh, to another thing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, part of it is a, a series of shows called Who Killed Warhammer Fantasy. Fantasy. Uh, and the, the, this this is this is one that I think I I think uh, might be a good one. Creative Assembly killed Warhammer Fantasy. Let's let's connect the dots, people. Let's connect the dots. Oh, okay. Before. All right, launch. Do it. All right. All right. Warhammer Fantasy ends in the year 2015. Summer of 2015, we have Age of Sigmar drop. We know that the creative cycle for creating a brand new game, usually around three years, give or take, that puts the timeline for the yeah, killing of Warhammer Fantasy somewhere around 2012. Of course, they probably could have written AOS in the time it took me to read that sentence. Um, so who knows how long the development window actually was, but if I'm not mistaken, and I'm rarely mistaken, the deal with Creative Assembly was signed in the year of our Lord, 2012, approximately three years before the end times, almost at the exact moment that James Games Workshop was probably making the decision to kill fantasy. 
So, did Creative Assembly know that Fantasy was going to be killed? And if they did, do they think that was a good thing? And if they didn't, do you think they were pissed? Yeah. Fair. I mean, yeah, I can only imagine they were upset about it. I mean, but I ooh, think that just... they had some true believers on their on their development team, and uh, that's why the game continued to push excellence, and like the delivered product was amazing. Well, ex- exactly right. Like it's not like they produced a fluffer because of this. It's been it's been hugely successful despite of this. Right. You say sorry. Uh, you saying Total War has been successful despite of of, of the fact that it got blown yeah. up. Total War Warhammer huh. has been the most. Has, is it is it the most successful of the Total War games, or is it like top three? I can't oh, remember. Somebody War games almost certainly. Yeah, 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 yeah almost certainly. It, it's it, got the broadest appeal. I've played yeah. most almost all of them. But yeah. Question, question, Danny, 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 Danny. If you were to play a game of Eighth Edition tomorrow, what what faction is it? What's your list look like? Oh yeah, it's Dark Elves. Um, probably Bitch. be playing the same. <laughs> probably be playing the same kind of. Uh, uh, or or or, pro- or maybe what elves? I don't know. I had a really good what elf list at the end of Eighth uh, Edition that I was playing a lot. Um, how many uh, how many raptors did you have? And did you have any wild riders? I love wild riders. Oh yeah. So my list was like fifty archers, eighteen wild riders. <laughs> like that was kind of the yeah, backbone boy. of that list. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where all the punching comes. And then I had uh, uh, a tree man ancient um, and a little unit of like eighteen eternal guard, a battle standard bear, and a level four. Um, some eagles, some war dancers, like some chaff. You know, gotta have, gotta have yeah. some redirectors. Gotta have, yeah, gotta have so, it, man. Yep, but uh, yeah, like thirty, got thirty times ten with true flight, and one times twenty with uh, hagmane, and uh, yeah, oh. those were my monster hunters. Yeah, dude, that sounds fun. That sounds like a yeah. lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> See, this is you? one of the beautiful things about fantasy because like you would just have armies that would break the conventional mold. You'd have like because everyone what everyone else? thinks about fantasy. Everyone thinks about like an empire army. Essentially, they think about the. It has a little bit of gun, a little bit of melee, a little bit of magically magicalness, some cannons, some art- yeah, some artillery, a bit of everything. Um, yep. But then you have the extremes that kind of eschew all that. Like you almost have an entire army of fast calf. Um, yep. Of what just- else? What else? Especially like, it, and this is actually one of the things I really love. Uh, one of the many things I love about fantasy is you've got about half as many armies in fantasy, I think, as you do as modern 40k, give or take. Um. I mean, we could count them, but I'm, I, I'd say that's roughly oh, true. Right. And I would say, as far as data, data slates are concerned, you probably have about a third of the total amount of data slates. So you have like way fewer units, way fewer armies. So the armies and the units themselves have a lot more fidelity. So like they they do feel very different. And like um, the armies that are a bit of a black box to me are certainly Dark Elves and High Elves. I haven't really dabbled in that. But Wood Elves actually uh, bullied someone into selling me a bunch for cheap. And uh, they are a completely different army than any of the other ones. They, and if you if you try yeah. if you try and play Wood Elves like you would play any other fantasy army, you would just get absolutely shellacked yeah. with them. So yeah. Ogre Kingdoms has twenty four data sheets in it, data sheets twenty four units in it. Ten of those are, are HQs, essentially are lords and heroes. So fourteen, you have fourteen units upon which to build the whole of your army also i will say one thing i want i've always wanted in 40k i wanted a competitive format that had the points restrictions like fantasy did 
where you had to yeah. have a minimum amount of troops in your army you had to, and you could have a maximum amount of elites and i thought this was something they could have done instead of the rule of three at the start in the middle of eighth edition and like um, don't forget too that fantasy self-comped itself like it really did, hard really, really. and like swedish comp and uh like other okay. things like even so, the base rule set and not allowing special characters was very very common uh, this is this, is this is something very germane maybe to the interests of whoever out there is clinging on to this episode um and I appreciate all of you. You are the true believers, and you're going to come with me on this journey. I appreciate it. Uh, get your fantasy armies now for cheap before the old world comes and ruins everything. Now, uh, just kidding. Warhammer Fantasy's competitive. It will ruin everything. There's no doubt about it. Eighth <laughs> edition doesn't change. Eighth edition doesn't change. It is the same today as it was seven years ago, and I uh, I love that. I love that I don't get stressed out about changes. If I get bored, I change my army. Not the my army doesn't change. It's awesome. Uh, regardless, uh, this is what I was going to say. Something that I think is really fascinating is one: how many of you know, I don't know, uh, some of the more prominent or certainly engaged 40k competitive players I came to find out are in fact died in the wool competitive fantasy players. The original ETC was fundamentally a warmer fantasy tournament. Yep. Uh, the uh, other thing is, is that the competitive scene, especially in the United States and probably elsewhere, was a lot more developed. You had a master system with the qualifiers that were were all across uh, uh, the, the the continent. Um, you know, you had um, stratification of competitive events, and you had community comps that were just expected. Yep. So, like, it was expected that the tournament game was mo a modified version of what you got out of the box. And it seemed like, I don't know how they all got along or how that worked. Like, like Adam rattled off a couple. There was Swedish comp. I'm sure there was an Australian comp of some kind. Oh, we, we played Swedish. Um, yeah. We played Swedish. Um, you know, there's ETC had its own version of comp. Yep. Um, and this, and by the way, comp really, unlike some of the stuff that you saw in 40K in the in previous editions, comp had a, a wide degree of latitudes. You had situations where they were giving points or taking points from, from, um, from armies they were limiting unit selections they were changing the way things worked so why why was that competitive community so so different than what we saw in 40k which was this really fractured you can't change the game you're messing with the game it was handed yep. to us by moses yep. we can't change the word um that kind of stuff it was wild dude so at the etc level like at the, at the wtc level equivalent of fantasy beastman played with 2400 points in a in a Oh, sorry, sorry. No, 2,400 points was the standard. They played with 2,700 points. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a 2,400-point game. And Tomb Kings were like that, too. 2,600 points, yeah, yeah. in a 2,400-point in a game. They just got more points because their army was just shit. Um, could you imagine trying to do that in 40K at the moment? Oh, you, sorry, sorry, you've been playing Imperial Guard with the same codex for five years. It's about to get a new one now. But, you know, oh, we're playing... We're playing you, can, you have 2,200 points in your army. They would burn down the, the world. The 40k players would not stand for any of that crap. You'd be shouted of off of the internet. You would be 100%. using a rotary phone because you would just be banned from any form of advanced communication. Uh, yeah, it's it, it was wild, wild. The pickup, right, of these of this comp system, like universally accepted almost. And of course, you've got people that railed against that stuff. Like, I want to play um comp Warhammer Fantasy, 
And those tournaments did happen in some places, yeah. but they were the exception and not the rule, almost well, certainly in most. Uh, well, end, 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 time ha- end times happened, and right. eventually and all the comp went out the window. It was it, it, The game yeah. uh, started on a downward trajectory that moved too fast for the comp systems to really... Apart from banning the Law of Undeath completely, because that let everybody summon, essentially. Which was And good. I was just... Let's just not yeah, talk about that. Um, that. <laughs> and so everyone just agreed not to do that. But then everything got crazy ass busted. Um, and, and the comp couldn't catch up. So eventually, like, the my last couple of events but, felt almost like they were uncomped. But, like, before that, though, I think just more in general, like, the the competitive games seemed to have a be sentient. Like, it, it, like it, it realized that, like, in order to make the game more playable and consistent, they had to make changes. Do you think sure. that was was that was there specific leadership? Like how did how does uh, so, how did people in Sweden have the the credibility to you know yeah. or the authority well, gonna, to to make a system that was accepted by others? I'm going to talk to something in the chat because people are saying that they're doing this in 40k right now anyway with you know guard having free upgrades on squads, death guard free upgrades on squads. Very different from the proprietor and the des- the game designer doing it to some arbitrary body somewhere in europe doing it and expecting you to adopt it nationwide that's what we're talking about if g-dub was doing this stuff absolutely no one would have complained and, for right. the, and what we're surprised about well, is the fact that some arbitrary guys in 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 sweden decide to slap this comp system together and we just all picked it up and thought this and is that's and that in itself is part of the reason why we didn't see like sales improve and i, I think as a large part of it is just because Huge, yeah. there was no updates to this game i remember Correct. t-shirts saying gw we just don't give a fact like uh, were really common and and uh like a lot yeah. of, i know a lot well, of mid mid cycle mid so like uh for folks mid cycle and warhammer fantasy 8th edition is when gw picked up their balls to screw you guys we're going home so it was you have faqs at the beginning of the edition yep where like you get actual answers and and like questions and, and errata by the end of the edition that's not really happening very consistently or as much and also they're adopting more of a, you know, just throw the stuff out that everyone else figures it out. And maybe, maybe that's where it comes from. But, but even something like the, the U S masters system, like there's not, nothing stopping us from doing that right now. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, a what, shame like that we don't have that. It really is. Also, I'm going to say, if you think team play for 40k is cool, team play for fantasy was ooh, yeah, my, my boys. Oh, it was the next Why is, level why is that? Why? Uh, did you ever play Mini Danny? You want to take it? Well, so th- well, it was always my dream to go to Masters. Like, and living in Alaska, it was very hard for me to qualify. Um, and uh, like, but like ETC, like, and that level of play, and the armies being so different, and then building these skew lists that had like a million pieces of chaff in it and stuff like that that you would go up against something like you know yeah, chaos boy. chaos warriors or warriors of chaos and then like they just couldn't score any points like yeah you wouldn't kill anything of them but you would hold them to like redirect them into- or or, an, or a 9 11 or like a 8 12 and like that would be exactly what you're supposed to do so you talk you talk about 40k at the moment and also at the wtc level you've got to have eight unique lists unique factions for a game that moves as quickly as eighth and ninth edition has it's actually been quite actually been pretty easy to find the five or six that everyone's probably going to take every year it's been pretty mm-hmm. easy to identify and that's as a player of that of that event me trying to figure out what everyone's going to take usually i'm pretty right about five or six of them fantasy as long as you were taking the best one or two factions everything else could be whatever the crap you wanted 
And you know, at the end of at the end of it, it would have been usually probably it was high elves, dark elves, so the top two, or high elves, lizardmen, depending on you know, depending on how what the player you had. Um, but then you could take tomb kings if you had a good enough player, sure. because they hadn't they had enough points that if you had a good enough player, because they were playing with like three hundred more points than everybody else, that good enough player could bridge the gap and it was just an X factor no one could account for. And stuff right. like that just came to the fore so much more. In addition, I think one of the biggest reasons fantasy died was because of the design choices of 8th edition. They blew the size of an army out so far that it became so prohibitively ridiculous to for a new player to try and make an army. Um, so at the same time, like a, I, find, yeah. I, I find a lot of that stuff to be sort of straw man because... You could do unifillers. Like there are ways around. They like were. the yeah. there, there's like no reason. And like unifillers for those people who don't understand, you have a big square of infantry. When you got to Warhammer Eighth Edition, you had to bring. You didn't have to, but a very dominant mode was to bring very large bricks of infantry. 40, 40 models plus uh, would be common, it would, and it could get crazy. You could have a, a, a hundred goblin unit. You could have a hundred Skaven slaves. Sure. Uh, that's a hundred models, one unit, and and maybe multiples of those. And it, um, so, like, yes, at the extreme ends, that that could be the case. You could also play ogres and not do that, for the record. Okay. But anyway, exactly yeah. what I did. Exactly what I what, did because I couldn't afford another army. <laughs> what I was saying about unifillers yeah. is that you could also just have like a diorama in the middle of your unit that looks cool as shit, gives a ton of flavor, and then you don't have to you don't have to paint like. 15 extra models because you got something cool in the middle of your model. Like there's ways around this that again, it just feels hollow that like, that's the reason why you want to like, play. You know uh, I mean? Do you, you want to play the meta Skaven list, my dude? Do you, do you want to? I did. So describe, the describe the meta Skaven list. How many Skaven slaves did you actually have Danny? How many unit fillers and how many Skaven slaves? Oh, so <laughs> I had no unit fillers, my friend. Uh, I dipped <laughs> this army in, in a month. And it was the worst month of my life. <laughs> hey, how many did, was it? Was it the one fifty that everyone had? Three, three by fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had. Uh, no, I guess I only had one hundred and twenty. I think I had six by twenty, um, Skaven slaves, and then a bunch I, of clan rats. I think I had like three or four units of, of those at twenty fives. Yep. And then, so it's yep. like it was like a three hundred model army, easy. Ooh. I mean, tell little Timmy when he walks into the shop, oh, you bought your first box of Skaven and you love Skaven. You have to get, what, checks notes, 14 more of those before you can play this game. That's that's what I'm talking about. And, and, and you're absolutely yeah. right. Once you get developed and you're in the game enough, you're immersed in it, you learn these things about unit fillers, you learn the quarters you can cut. But for little Timmy walking into a G-Dub, that G-Dub player guy is not going to tell him about unit fillers. That G-Dub guy is going to say, you have to buy every damn box, son. I'm right. going to teach you that's how to paint true. them. Here are the paints you can buy. And that was the brick wall that bounced everyone off. I, I believe. Yeah. Well, a lot of players. A lot of players. It, start, it started stopping new players coming in. Yeah, I, I I guess too. Like I don't know. I look I look at like some model, like some armies that I've run in in 40k, and 100 percent like my orc armies were all up well over 100 models, and like I had to move every individual one of those stupid things. Yeah, dude. You know, so yeah. like so like actually like I think under 150 was impressive when I was running orcs in 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 eighth edition. That was when I switched. Like, only, I only got below 150 when I switched to mega knobs and stuff. Right. So like. The model count thing is 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 really to me is is if you if that's the army you want to go to you can do model count yeah. in in either system and I don't think you had to necessarily ha play a high model count army in no, fantasy you don't have and like to. even even the best even like so like the the best armies like how how many how many models would you have in a high elves army 
about a hundred, about a hundred yeah. wounds worth of models. I would yeah, say hundred wounds, depending on what you had. You'd usually have what you'd have your sword masters. You had your phoenix guard with all your characters in it. You'd have usually two or three into fast calf, a couple of bolt throwers, um, maybe some then, dragon princes, some eagles. Yeah, yep. Right. So I don't know. That doesn't really make me blink. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't know as, if a hundred models as bougie Val the adult. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Teen- I mean, teenage Val the You know, I, mean, I don't know. I was. I was uh, I was at a 40k event. I didn't see a lot of friggin' like eight year olds well, playing Warhammer 40k. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but yeah, but that was. I, think, I honestly think it was more of a reaction uh, from like the fifth edition 40k guys and the se- sixth and seventh edition fantasy guys because the same thing was happening in 40k, which is like model army army sizes were going up, increasing, and and like and and they like both games were revolting against yeah. that. Well, and actually, I don't know. I, I don't think. I think fantasy gets. I think fantasy gets painted with that brush because it had some extremes. But like, you didn't have to play it that way. Well, I had guys who played all the way through Seventh and telling me they needed to add literal almost fifty percent onto their armies to play the same army from edition to edition. I don't, that might be an extreme case. And so here's part of the problem with that. And Adam, you're 100 percent correct, right? Um, but part of the problem was that it's a, there was a shifting goalpost for fantasy for the size of a tournament army. Like wherein it started closer to two thousand, like twenty one fifty, and it mm-hmm. rose to twenty four, twenty five hundred points, and so yeah, the extra four hundred points, like, and it compounded That's with cheaper yeah. units, like, mm. just means yeah, like fifty percent additional units in an army was not uncommon from seven to eight. Yeah, to play yeah. pretty much the same thing, and yeah, people, people, I mean, I don't know. I see. I've, I've, I'm just gonna say it right now. A lot more cheapskates in 40k in fantasy than 40k just straight up um i just of the people i knew maybe aussies maybe there may be more higher percentage because we're australians we pay more you know per the buck for the it's plastic scrap. but yeah i, I like so many more unit fillers so many poor once i got to the level people wanted to try and you know um not chase the meta but constantly have an adapting army because very few people chase the meta in fantasy um it was a ridiculous task and true very few people bothered um well, and it wasn't really much point because you got maybe like, what? Maybe you got a codex every three months. Like I remember the what at the, the not last, even. It was it was, the it was last year. It's the last year, last year where you of, get you get a they, bunch. You get all the elves, all yeah, yeah, the dwarves. But I mean, the yeah. the game drops in 2010, and I'd say half the books dropped in the last two years, probably. Mm. Yeah. So they did like it, probably it, two books a year. Yeah, average, and so ch- there was there was nothing to chase. You just adapted your army as best you could, and it wasn't any wasn't any point to, to go after the the dragon, so to speak. But because of that, you got a lot more faction specialists. You got a lot of people who knew a lot more about their faction. Yep. Like I used to love people just talking about the like little hundred point changes they make tournament to tournament because of the thing they beat them at the last one. And I used to those those are some of the best like cooler talks I, I'd have. And then I do I had the same chats in 40k and people talking about oh I just won't take demons next time i'll take a completely different army i'm like right do you have that army's like oh, i'll borrow it or print it or you know steal it from a mate or i'll just run out and buy it with my money and i'll be like oh my god you just it's it, they're in your veins good for you. i mean good for you if you can afford to do it that would bring me so much joy being able to to, to play the game like that but it's just not what tickles tickled my fancy yeah and five or six units at 20 models a unit like is a lot harder to hit that hobby lag that it takes to actually build to the meta um so i think yeah it's it it just you couldn't you could not catch it unless you already had the models built so you were building like 30 models in a unit for for your for your stuff and then you'd parse that out and try and make the best list you could 
I want to do, I would love to do with like yourself, Danny, maybe Pete, some other, some others, try and do a end Thanks, of uh, pre, sorry, what? Just no, 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 continue. You guys, you guys go. No, it's just cool. <laughs> uh, do a pre end times tier list for fantasy. What? Let's jump into it right now. Cause actually I, I, this was, this came up in chat and I would love to do this before, before end times, uh, tier list, because I, as a, as a, I'm about as knowledgeable of fantasy as I probably was at, well, approaching whatever was at 40 K, which is to say advanced idiot. Okay. So I've got, I've got a pretty good generalist grasp and I have a general, I have a general feeling that there are a couple like alpha predators but for the most part, everything else, there's, there's like a really big squishy middle in fantasy. This is the way I feel. So like I feel like S tier kind of matters in fantasy, whereas in 40K, it's not necessarily S isn't as, as separate as I perceive fantasy to be. Here you go, guys. Give me an S, A, and a B. Danny, you play most of them. <laughs> uh, an S, A, and a B tier for armies? That's what you or want. Or an though? S and an A. Give me an S and an A. Who an makes the S a. and the who makes the S and the A cut? High elves uh, S. Yeah, so I think uh you've got uh like I think all three elves make uh S and A tiers like easily. because uh, they were all just phenomenal at what they were supposed to do. I, I elves, do be- I do believe that Wood Elves needed the pilot though. High elves you can oh, just I'm, I'm I mean, bunga yeah. smash. Wood elves are nothing yeah, they're like A tier, but they can be S tier if they're played by a really competent player. I love um, that shit. Yeah, because So you say you, you would say uh pretty much all elves in the S tier. So it's your 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 wood, your dark, and your high. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else in there? Anyone else really up there? Like Nurgle Demons seem like I don't understand how anyone could beat Nurgle Demons. They seem oh. fucked. Nah. I'd smash him. Yeah, dude. Smash him. You smash him. You smash him. Smash him. Like combat they get all they get all then, the buffs. Yeah. They get they got yeah. some fat guy riding a, on a, on a palaquin, giving every long, everyone everything, and are, you can just smash. They are, they are so prone to being redirected. They are so prone. And they don't slow. have any. They got no chaff clearers, and they're slow. So you just make him hit your chaff, charge him with a big unit in the flank. Doesn't even have to kill him. You'll just break him. You'll just you make just him win by combat resin. Make him attrition them down. Like, yeah, hope man. they don't roll double ones for their break test and get all their guys back. Okay, so I, I'll return to the question. I'll return to the question. <laughs> Anyone outside of elves by your... By the way, guys, so, this is as good of analysis as you're going to get. I've listened to all so, of it. Yeah, Anyone so, outside I, of elves I, in the S tier so, of 8th edition pre-end times? I disagree with Danny. I think high elves might have been the only S tier army for my in my meta. Oh, come on. Might have been the only S, but there's four contenders outside the elves that could all be there or be in the A plus tier. Okay, that's lizards, vampires, dwarves, and empire. Holy shit! Never in my life would I hear anyone say that. Never. Lizards, Never. Lizardmen could be the most oppressive crap you've ever imagined if they go first and get all and just get all the buffs. Just yeah, all yeah. The buffs. I, I I agree about lizardmen. Lizardmen were amazing, like great spell S-tier. casting, amazing skirmishers. I don't know about S tier. Meta beating. Meta beating. I'm talking ATM, okay. mate. ATM. Oh, no, okay. So you're yeah. saying uh, Wood Elves, sorry, High Elves alone in the S tier. This high is elves, what you deba- said. Debatably Dark Elves. Debatably Dark Elves could be S tier. I, I don't think it. Wood Elves, because generally, I, without an, a phenomenal player, I don't think they are. I think they're just an A tier army, but Danny said it. To me, that me makes it an A tier army. I think S tier <laughs> means you got to be able to basically beat anyone without so, being that good. Dwarves in A tier. Can I win? <laughs> dwarves in A tier because they're the unfunnamaker. They were yeah. literally yeah. the unfunner maker. That new codex Peter- that they got was just like, did you want to have fun? 
you, you paired into yeah. dwarves, brother. I'm sorry, you're <laughs> not gonna, gonna happen. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna spend four turns marching at me as I redirect you with gyrocopters, and when you get here, you're gonna charge unbreakable, stubborn, great weapon, freaking hammerers who are actually just gonna beat you in combat. So why didn't I just come at you? Because I'm dwarves and I can't be bothered. <laughs> Literally, that's that game, and it was so frustrating, like at times. Yep. Um, so dwarves are a great uh, one. You want, you want to to answer John, one? to answer John's question in chat here, uh, for the record, guys, my 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 fantasy baptism was diving headlong into a line of unbreakable dwarves about five or six times, yeah. and losing every single one. Uh, those are the only times Sticky ever beat me. So Continue. I think, I think the end of eighth eighth edition pre end times had a thick A and B plus band. I think that's the way it feels. It feels yeah. like I could pick up about any army off my shelf, and like it feels like I could have a good time with almost well, all of them. All right. So, but yeah, but like Tomb with the, Kings, with the exception Beastman. of these, yeah, Britannia, yeah, Tomb Kings, Beastman, Britannia. That's the bottom of the barrel. The the sad I, part I about that, that list is that of those three, only Tomb Kings actually had an eighth edition book. <laughs> the other two basically Correct. never got published. And I yeah. argue that that book was worse than the Britannian book, which was over a decade old at the onset of 8th edition. But Skaven were still an amazing army, and they seventh edition a 7th edition book. I know. I'm just trying to... I'm like, Sk I, I find it really hard to quantify how good, how good Skaven was. If all the crap works, they're as bad as Lizardmen. If none of the crap works, they're as bad as Beastmen. Like, it's, it was such a wide band of what could possibly happen when you played them. Um... But when everything like so, we, we joked about it in the in the in the green room that you would play a, an orc army, and you would structure it really well to have black orc guys here to stop all the animosity, and it's all in concert. Even if you do have that animosity, you're not going to wreck any of your other units by scrabbling with them, and you'd have little little units between all the big units and stuff like that. And Orcs, still, for the record, had a special rule that punished their army as opposed to helping their army. Yeah, no Classic GW design philosophy. Continuing Correct. Adam. And uh, and they'd, their army would still fall apart like half of every game. They would have just their, their army just wouldn't work because of frenzy, stupidity, or animosity. Something would just yeah. happen. Um, and then you'd have army like Skaven. But that feels that also like I have to say, as a guy with a lot of orcs in his in yeah. his closet, it well, feels like a horde of orcs, and you're trying to get these dumbasses to do what you want them to do, and they it just does. won't can do it. And it's but amazing then, in that way. And they'll just die because they didn't do the thing, and like. Because they're already or a fragile leadership army, rough. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. like, well, yes. Sometimes they just go off as well, you know, which you is know also what the worst. You know what the worst thing imaginable was? When you had your big orc, uh, so your, your savage orc biggins, which was an upgrade you used to be able to put on orcs, like you used to be able to put on in, in 40k. And you'd also have your black orcs. And you would just be like, if I can just make it to the dwarves, I reckon I can crack them. Yeah. Yeah. And then turn four, you're about to charge. Animosity o'clock, bitches! Yeah. <laughs> Organ gun fires again, game's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, GG. But the Skaven thing was right. If you min-maxed it, yeah? If you min-maxed those percentages of it, it messing you up down to the slimmest margin and everything went off. Like you got your Cracks core off, which was like a template or everything under it's dead. Um, Dreaded 13th, which was just pick a unit and do a, was it strength test or toughness test? Or it might have even been an initiative test. Can't remember. Um, but it was everything's dead. Everything's dead. And then you had the Doom Rocket, which was a strength five large blast. Large blast, just by the way, was so hard to come by. No. Um, you just rolled a number of dice and like they lost that many models. That's how that's how Dreaded Thirteenth worked. Craig, Dreaded 13th, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the the Doom Rocket was you had to roll. You had to pick a number of dice and you had to roll that <laughs> yeah. many dice. 
And if if that meant you hit the the target unit, you just la- you just laid the template of the large blast wherever it ended. And so it was just like <laughs> taking the chance on the dice. But you could wait until they were in like minimum safe distance and just pff, blow it right in their face yep. and blow up a whole unit. And it was a strength five large blast, which essentially in 40k terms means it was rent two to their armor save. So if you had a three up, you had a five up. And mo- and a three up, by the way, was very hard to come by. You had to have full plate and then and a horse. And, and shields to have a three plus and now even that was very rare like right. you, a strength strength five instant gives anything that doesn't have um heavy armor yeah. at a minimum it was brutal it was it was brutal so skaven's even hard to quantify and they had an old dex yeah so basically what we're saying here is that you could pick up mo- almost any fa- army in fantasy and you, you you could make a make an army out of it you can make a go of it correct but I think, I I, like I said, I think there's those four armies directly under the tippy top best that just felt oppressive in the right hands. That being dwarves, vampires, lizards, and empire. Empire is another one to unpack. Like, wow. it could be that it could be that they get to do be, everything. Yeah, and they can do everything great if you give it enough time and points um, and play it well enough. They were truly like what I wish Space Marines were. Like Space Marines are a bit of a joke in the game at the moment. They don't really do anything well. They don't shoot as good as Tau. They don't fight as good as anybody else. Here's here's actually an interesting yeah. like here's so as a guy who played who just played Empire, an army like a, a fucking net listed the German ETC actually l- reached out to the guy who wrote it and said thank you. German ETC <laughs> list from 2015. <laughs> and basically it's like a bunch of like buffing units and then you're like your halberd dudes are in front of it and you're basically your 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 magic and your re- religiosity your your priests yelling at your troops make your like regular bros swing and hit harder and this isn't really all that different from the mechanic that you see in some like imperial garden I, I realized like oh that's exactly where that came from yeah. Yeah. so like this is the concept of wait a minute humans in this context are just bros they're gonna die we have to find a way to make them better than that. But in the 40K context, like, m- my sergeant yelling at me doesn't feel like it's going to, like, like it doesn't feel like it makes sense that suddenly I can run as fast as a space marine because, like, my NCO is pissed. Whereas in this, I have a righteous, magical priest hitting a giant anvil with, like, friggin' lightning bolts coming out of it. That to me is like I can see them being imbued by magic or yeah. or, or, or or fervor, and like that to me, like it hangs together a little bit better in this context than it does in like a sci-fi one. You just you just uh, you just a fantasy boy. What can I say? Yeah, it's I just know, it was cooler, great, man. Totally great. I'm not gonna lie. And like the yeah. battle line, the the epic, the the cinema again. 40k can be very cinematic. Um, but like on the fact that most fantasy tables are empty for the most part, like, like there's just not a lot of stuff on there aside from the armies and like the vividness of the battles in my head are, is really cool. It's like every, every game is, uh, is, is like Braveheart, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just really, it's a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a pretty freeing as well. I well, I think about those games back then when you could just oh. play a game with your mates on a table with your pepper shaker, um, and you're good to go. You know. Whereas now, how much I need? A, I need a mat. I need a table. I need. Oh, geez, right. it feels like close to a thousand bucks worth of terrain for a game. It's just kind Dude, of nuts. Think of maybe fantasy would have survived had the had the frontline gaming mat, which you can buy at frontlinegaming.org, existed. Like, you know how nice. satisfying it is just moving like 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 friggin' war game shuffleboard 
It's just so satisfying moving across those neoprene mats with those beautiful graphical designs that you can buy at FrontlineGaming.org if you use the link in the description. Um, uh, but also, that's I, very true. All right, so I want to wrap. I, we got to wrap it up because we've yeah. been wanking for some time. This, yeah. 40 just, just combined so you know. viewers hanging in there, by the way, guys. Really pleased with everyone. I want everyone somehow... to know this has been the most self-indulgent podcast I've ever been on. That's great. <laughs> I'm, re I'm real happy about it. What's, oh, the, what's the meme of Mo with two knives? This is, yeah. <laughs> okay, so to wrap it up, to wrap it up, everyone is looking forward to Old World, obviously, and we're going to corner the market on dozens of viewing opportunities yep. uh, by, by talking Old World, uh, and we're going to corner it all. But in the, in the meantime, just off the cuff here, do either of you actually look forward to Old World coming out? Like, yes. will you guys yes. play it when yeah. it comes? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I want a supported yes. product. Yes. Um, and this is exactly what I want. Like, I am super excited. Um, I might quit playing 40k. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm like Homer backing up into the hedge from 40k, possibly when fantasy drops. No, I'm not. I'm doing. I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. But uh, I will be playing the absolute. Turns out you can just put all your 40k shit in a box and leave it in the shed. <laughs> but um i will be playing the hell out of fantasy in fact this this tomb king's army might, if if i don't get the oomph to play it um i might turn that into whatever army i play for fantasy i might flip that and be like i'm gonna buy a car a holiday and a new army oh yeah <laughs> i'm just saying adam uh you know i moonlight as a as as uh, an investments professional at times uh and i'm i'm just gonna i'm just gonna suggest strongly that perhaps you know, like people who were holding Bitcoin, you know, oh, six months ago, <laughs> that, you know, if, as rumors suggest, Tomb Kings might be the launch army and they have modern, nice models you can just buy in a store, who wants, perhaps, who wants any perhaps that new and shrink premium won't be quite as high <laughs> in those. Have you seen items. the quality of these horses? They're not have quality. You <laughs> shush you <laughs> have you seen their mold lines like have you looked at yes. any recently it's real yes. bad stop i implore you sir stop devaluing my gold bullion i am valuing it in fact quite accurately i would say please for the love of god sell all of that stuff before it's too late because i'm guessing danny your thoughts anything any thoughts on old world any any hopes or dreams oh any i hope i'm dreams? excited i mean Obviously, we hope for the the old models are compatible with it and all that stuff. Um, I mean, we'll see what it looks like. I hope that it's it lives up to the hype because they've been trying real hard to make it really appeal to us old fantasy guys here. I think. Well, there's been no hype. In fact, uh, they literally released uh, a a an article with four pictures. They were very nice pictures. I will say that. And but they yeah. it was literally just four pictures. Um, not even of models of I'm, of an artist's interpretation of models. Enough for me. I'm enough, but I require more. Yeah, I require more. I, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, so, oh, uh, I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to, to have friends to play with. Uh, ah. You know, Tech Priest Dickie's cool and all. And traveling to Rochester to meet meet the uh, Eight Bed for Life guys was great and all. I'm, but I'm coming. I'm coming to Toronto to play in uh, Dustin's Stutter Snotling. We're gonna. No, you're coming fantasy. to my house to play fantasy. That's what you're See? doing. See, and I'm just so happy the major is happening. Thanks my for Dustin's telling me. Exactly right. The, 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 the major is is right here in the casita. Now, um, free room and board. Uh, my son is really cute. You'll enjoy yourself. I, I, I 
I even have ogres I can get ready for you. Although I uh, don't have any I'll, of the stupid little green guys. I will play anything. I do not care. I'm like, I've got a yeah. lot more than anything. <laughs> not gonna yeah. lie to you. Not gonna Except, lie to you. Man, would I like Lawrence elves? Baker's oh. cabinets back over here. What? <laughs> but I play elves. I'm not sure if I'm desperate enough to play elves. But if they were in yeah. front of me, I might. I might. Yeah. Uh, is there a Toronto fantasy group I join? Uh, Zip Zap Rap. Uh, there's one on Facebook, but that's about it. And uh, you can also just play me. I'm pretty much, <laughs> pretty much the meta right now, guys. When it comes to eighth edition, because for some reason in Toronto, everyone's like, "Nah, man, we play a sixth edition." Okay, cool. Yeah. I guess. Why? 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 Sixth. Is We're always yeah, like anyway. this in Toronto. You can't have hey, nice things. Why can't you, you just gonna, play the right thing? If you're gonna grognard for a dead game, like just do something obscure. Just, just like why? Why? You know. I mean, there are yes. fifth. There's a, there are fifth edition homers too. So like that's yes. that's special stuff. Anyway, guys, I really appreciate you indulging me in this Warhammer Fantasy uh, digression that took uh, I'd say about an hour and ten minutes. Pretty wow. good. Pretty good time there. That was Solid. a pretty good time. John, thanks that's, for being that, ill, dude. Our tier list is just coalescing. Like we could, we could just oh, we could talk about it for another. hours, man. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. I, I find we'll, that we'll the top you. of your the top of your A tier I found fascinating. To be quite frank, you know what? Uh, Peter Colosimo would probably disagree with you vehemently. I think about your yeah. tier list. Beautiful. I find it fascinating that I've asked you guys all separately for fantasy advice over the months, and every time I ask you the same question, I get di three different answers, which really? is wild you would not get that in 40k i if i were to ask you guys a 40k question which i wouldn't but in the event that i would uh i would get the probably something very close to the same answer every time i get different answers every time i ask a question so it's kind of neat i just think that's indicative of how different the metas were in different different regions i think really think it was that's like, true i mean i had a super terrifying uh basement uh basement player Basement, basement were not respected the world over, but I had an absolute juggernaut of a basement player. I used to club everybody. And uh, because of that, I just had this weird perspective on basement. There you go. Uh, no, basemen actually did suck. Don't uh, don't think no, that they, that was something that suck. you... Uh, they were Dude, terrible. Um, just if you, if you want proof, go and watch any of the, you know, the Once Bitten's battle reports. Watch how well <laughs> he does with his empire and then watch how well he, do, how well he does with his basemen. Once been 360, Canadian, yeah, Canadian Warhammer, yeah. uh, uh, competitive Freaking Warhammer royalty. guy. Who's the other one? Once Bitten and... Mr. Malorian, but he ditched to go to War Machine. Mr. Malorian, yes. Yes, Mr. Oh. Malorian. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with my sweater. Danny, Adam, thank you for the awesome chats. You guys are awesome. Go yeah. ahead. One more. What was that? One more. Slide one more. One more. The whole, the whole crew, the whole, all the fantasy guys. We should jump in one of, on one of the mountain miniatures live streams, fantasy live streams. We should just be in a Discord just, watching just that. them. No, we should just watch and just chat while they're playing. It'd be nice. Okay. I mean, anyway, that is I gotta kind go. Of what they want? I gotta go. It's like okay, well, we all gotta I, go. You keep, you keep, keep, keep talking. It's, it's my fault. I'm apologizing. That's all right. We love to hear it. We love to see you guys. Thank you, everyone. It's been pretty grim. After dark. Yeah.